The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe for this Thursday, the 18th of May in London. Coming up today, speaking with one voice, Sunak says he's fully aligned with the US on Beijing as the UK considers China investment curbs. Skirting catastrophe, Biden says he's confident a deal can be done to avoid a default. Paying out, Deutsche Bank agrees to settle with Epstein victims for $75 million. Starmer says he would revisit the Brexit deal. Automakers call for EU trade talks and Purple Bricks sells itself for £1. Those are the stories we're looking at in today's papers and I'm Leanne Gerrans. Plus, unfriended, Meta faces a record $800 million EU privacy fine. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning, I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Lizzie Burden. Here are the stories we're following today. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak says he's considering stricter export controls and curbs on investment by British firms in China. Samuel Etienne reports. As G7 leaders gather in Japan, the US has been lobbying other nations to stem outward investment to China. On curbing British money in the country, Rishi Sunak says absolutely that will be something we'll be talking about. But the UK leader added he did not expect specific restrictions to come from the summit. In London, Samuel Etienne, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Now, getting a debt limit deal done this week is doable, according to the US House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. His comments echo those of President Biden, who says that he also believes an agreement can be reached. I'm confident that we'll get the agreement on the budget. America will not default. And uh, every leader in the room understands the consequences if we fail to pay our bills. And it would be catastrophic for the uh, for the American economy. On Tuesday, Biden and congressional leaders agreed to a new, narrower round of staff-level talks. Both sides say that the framework increases the prospect of reaching a bipartisan deal to avoid an unprecedented US default. Deutsche Bank has agreed to pay $75 million to settle a lawsuit from victims of Jeffrey Epstein's sexual abuse. The suit accuses the German bank of facilitating Epstein's sex trafficking operation. JP Morgan is still fighting the suit against it, one of three involving lenders to Epstein. Deutsche Bank hasn't admitted to any wrongdoing and says it has bolstered its controls. 
Bloomberg has learnt that Meta Platforms is to be handed a record privacy fine by the European Union. The figure eclipses the near 750 million euro penalty imposed on Amazon. Speaking to us in April, Ireland's data commissioner, Helen Dixon, who oversees EU compliance for most Silicon Valley firms, told us that they aren't afraid to take action. We are a match for the richest companies in the world and we've demonstrated that through key cases that have already been concluded and through litigation that has already happened. Of course, it's a never-ending battle and scale is vast. Ireland's Data Protection Commissioner will uh, punish the owner of Facebook and Instagram for failing to protect users' data from the prying eyes of US security services. The European Union is moving closer to finalising a memorandum with the United Kingdom on financial regulation. The EU's executive arm has adopted a long-delayed draft agreement on how financial regulators communicate post-Brexit. If the agreement wins approval from EU member states and is finalised by the European Commission, it would be a massive boost for London. The capital's made little progress since leaving the bloc in securing agreements for how its lucrative financial sector will interact with its largest trading partner. And there are top stories this morning. Yeah, we'll be going live to Hiroshima in Japan in just a moment to speak to our correspondent there. But I first want to just mention the issue around commercial real estate. We've been worried that this might be the quarter when things would start to move. And there are a number of stories on uh, Bloomberg this morning that I think point to that and underline it. So Jack Siders has been writing about the European property market, the woes beginning to roll in, Vienna becoming the weakest housing market amongst major European capitals. Capitals uh, posting a 12.2% uh, drop. Um, also, this comes as US commercial property. There was data out yesterday, and that is at the weakest level since 2011. So there are quite a few issues, uh, commercial and also kind of domestic property. Yeah, and more bad news for commercial landlords from Deutsche Bank. It's looking to cut 40% uh, to Frankfurt offices on remote work. Basically, it's cutting office space to save money because two-thirds of Staff have registered to work from home up to three days a week. I was at the British Chambers of Commerce conference yesterday listening to the UK Chancellor Jeremy Hunt and actually, Caroline, he reckons the default uh, is going to be that people come to the office and then they have to have a good reason to work from home so they don't miss out on the old water cooler moments. Yeah, absolutely. I'm kind of struck that it is a slow burn story, isn't it? Work from home versus being in the office, but it's certainly an ongoing one. Okay, uh, let's turn our attention then to leaders of the group of seven. The US, Japan, Germany, France, the UK, of course, Italy and Canada, if you want the list. Uh, they meet in Hiroshima, Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida's hometown, with shared challenges from Russia, from China and inflation and the cost of living too. So in terms uh, of the discussion points, let's go live to Japan and our reporter Karimi Mori. Good morning, Karimi. Thank you so much for joining us. Security. Good morning. Good morning. Security and the threat of nuclear weapons is perhaps the biggest overhang, the biggest worry, surely, for this G7 gathering. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the renewed threats to really use nuclear bombs looming over the summit. Uh, the Japanese Prime Minister, Fumio Kishida, this is his hometown, Hiroshima. This is obviously the site of the world's first atomic bomb. And so for him, one of his main goals of his administration is to really push world leaders to create a path towards abolishing nuclear weapons. Now at a time when 
nuclear security in this area is threatened by the likes of China, North Korea, and Russia, uh, it's a pretty harsh reality that maybe that ambition may not be such an easy path going forward. Again, we have uh, world leaders gathered here today, but they're going to be thinking about how to deal with President Vladimir Putin, who, of course, threatened to unleash the first uh, atomic attack on European soil as part of his war on Ukraine. So this is one of the biggest agenda items for the world leaders gathered here uh, in Hiroshima. And yet at the same time, the summit is kind of competing for attention when you've got domestic issues in the various member countries. You've got the debt ceiling in the US, you know, France and Italy having this spat. She expected to deliver a keynote speech at a two-day China-Central Asia summit at the same time. How does the G7 maintain its position at this point? Absolutely. I mean, so much is going on at the moment. The timing is really interesting, again, also for China, uh, with their own summit happening at the same time, at a time when G7 members are going to be discussing and, and figuring out how to deal with China's you know, expansion uh, in terms of the military. They are going to be um, in China meeting with the other members uh, who are mostly non-Western countries to kind of counter uh, the G7 uh, in a way. And so the G7 is happening at the same time China is holding its own uh, summit uh, as part of the Belt and Road Initiative connecting China and Europe. They're trying to invest, you know, in more pipelines, other projects in Central Asia to secure that stable supply of natural resources. So all of these countries that are involved in the summit in China have been keeping some distance actually from the U- West from the U.S. and European kind of style of democracy. So, of course, the timing, uh, very interesting that it is happening at the same time as this G7 summit in Hiroshima. Karimi, thank you so much for being with us this morning. Karimi Mori is uh, live for us in Hiroshima in Japan. Our thanks to her for being with us. Um, And it is a hugely important moment, isn't it, for that G7, of course. Coming up next on the programme, Starmer says that he would revisit the UK's Brexit deal. Automakers call for EU trade talks and Purple Bricks sells itself for a pound. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City. Cutter and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers, and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at CutterEconomicForum.com. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, 
influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Now, the paper review on Bluebird Daybreak Europe. The news you need to know from today's papers. Well, for a look at the front pages today, we've got Leanne Gerrans to take us through. Leanne, the Times has the headline, Keir Starmer says he would revisit Brexit deal to boost economy. Tell us more. Yes, exactly, Lizzie. Good morning to you. So Keir Starmer says exactly that. He wants to renegotiate the Brexit trade deal. And that's, of course, if his party does get into power. The Labour leader says a new deal could bring more opportunities, especially for businesses. And you mentioned that you were at the British Chambers of Commerce um, yesterday listening to that, Lizzie. And he did tell business leaders there that Labour would fix the weakness in the current trade agreement to give UK firms greater access to the European market. However, he did insist that this could be done without the UK rejoining either the European single market or the customs union. Now, Rishi Sunak's deal with the EU over the future of Northern Island, sealed that not that long ago, we can all remember the Windsor framework, was actually backed by Labour. And Keir Starmer says, in a way, this will increase the scope for cooperation between London and Brussels if Labour gets in power because there's a much warmer relationship. Now, he was speaking after global car makers called on the UK government to renegotiate the Brexit Mm. deal, saying there could be job losses if the current rules in place don't change. Yeah, I think it's very uh, interesting as we count down what 18 months the next general election, the fact that Labour are revealing and unveiling at this point, you know, what seem to be quite major policies is sort of interesting in terms of timing. And yet they don't want to give too much away in case the Tories steal their clothes. No, absolutely. Um, Leanne, that leads us then into the next story. The Guardian, Ford, Vauxhall uh, owner and JLR call for the UK to renegotiate uh, that Brexit deal. So, you know, this following on, Um, The UK's car industry, it has to be said, was a major achievement by Margaret Thatcher, kind of opening up that business. Um, So very interesting that that, uh, companies now have been saying what they want to get. And Caroline, you couldn't be more right. So yesterday, ahead of Starmer's speech, Stellantis, which owns Vauxhall and Fiat, said producing vehicles in Britain was just becoming so much harder. Ford and Jaguar Land Rover have now joined Stellantis, really echoing those concerns and they warning the transition to electric vehicles will be knocked off course unless the UK and EU delay stricter rules of origin. Now these are due to kick in next year and what could happen is they could add tariffs on car exports. There is a big concern it will just become so expensive for them to get their cars out of the country. So post-Brexit rules as they stand right now require 40% of an electric vehicle parts to be sourced here in the UK or in the EU Mm. if it's to be sold on the other side of the channel without a 10% tariff. Now, that is due to go up to 45% next year. Such a massive jump. This is massively concerning these car companies. Now, most electric vehicle batteries, we have to admit, are still imported from Asia, with batteries making up a large part of cost of building an electric car. 
And this is something else that I just wanted to draw your attention to, British Vault, Caroline. We mm. were speaking about them before. They collapsed. They were seen as a big battery maker here in the UK, something we desperately need if we're moving into the EV market. And the co-founder of British Vault has actually given an exclusive interview to Sky News saying Britain's missed its opportunity to build a battery industry after the failure of British Vault. And this is why we are so reliant on Asia. Mm. And finally, Leanne, the FT has the headline, Purple Bricks sells itself for a pound as a plan to upend estate agents falls flat. Yes, absolutely. Lizzie, I always feel like the adverts for Purple Bricks are stuck in my head constantly. They're really catchy. But listen, the trouble online estate agent Purple Bricks has agreed a deal to sell its business and assets. Now, that's to the rival strike, and it's for a whole token sum of a pound. Now, the UK firm, which was once valued at more than $1 billion, actually put itself up for sale in February. I've been speaking to some of the people people we have here on our equities team, Mm. and they said it was a UK distributor darling back in the day, and that's when, you know, we saw it launch on London's junior alternative investment market back in 2015. But it said the deal will lead to job losses. So this deal it's made, it had a whole restructuring plan to make things better. And it just didn't happen. It just didn't work. Now, the business assets and most of its liabilities will now change hands, while the Purple Bricks will retain up to £5.5 million in cash. This is really to return to their shareholders. We'll definitely see that coming in. But I think, is Strike, the rival, just really buying up Purple Bricks for its clients and listings? Now, this is where the concern comes in when it comes to massive job losses across that business. Yeah, they've got um, more than 750 according to the reports. I'm just staggered that Purple Bricks had such a high valuation. I hadn't realised that, you know, this kind of internet darling was considered to be worth so much. I even have read that valuations were as high as 1.4 billion which is, yeah, a huge, huge sum and now lots of restructuring and, and a sell-off for Purple Bricks. Thank you so much for uh, the newspaper roundup. Uh, good to have that. Leah Gerrans uh, with all of uh, those newspapers of interest this morning. Right, let's give you a global news roundup, an update of our top stories. A deal allowing Ukraine to export crops from key ports via the Black Sea will be extended by two months. The agreement keeps open a major trade route amid Russia's war in Ukraine and bolsters global food supplies. Meanwhile, loud explosions were heard in Kyiv early this morning. The scope of the attack is unclear. Ukrainian air defences, bolstered by sophisticated Western-supplied systems, thwarted an intense Russian air attack on the capital just earlier this week. A panel tasked with overseeing the credit default swaps market says that the write-down of Credit Suisse's Group 81 notes will not trigger an insurance payout. The Credit Derivatives Determinations Committee, which reached a faster-than-expected decision, took the view that the additional Tier 1 securities were junior to the subordinated bonds underlying swaps. And just lastly, Micron is poised to land about $1.5 billion in financial incentives from the Japanese government to help it make next-generation memory chips in the country. Sources tell Bloomberg the US firm will make DRAM chips at its facility in Hiroshima using advanced tech from ASML. Those are the global news stories 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries that you need to know about this morning. 
This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Lizzie Burden. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for the Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative, investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash Future Investor slash Radio.